Hello, and welcome to Zap the Gender Pay Gap, the podcast series where we expose the elephant in the room. The elephant's name, the gender pay gap. I am coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee, located on the banks of the mighty Mississippi River. Nestled in the southwest corner of the state, Memphis is home to the blues, barbecue, and so much more. I am your host, Gwendolyn Tucker. Thank you so very much for joining me for this episode of Zap the Gender Pay Gap. I am your host, Gwendolyn Tucker. Look for me on Apple, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. Oh, and please don't forget to like and subscribe. On last week's episode, I asked if you wanted to be like Muhammad Ali, you know, to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Why sting like a bee? Because elephants are afraid of bees. And I want this elephant called the gender pay gap to be afraid of me. I want it to be afraid of you too. I also told you that today we would be talking about Women's Equality Day. Since 1971, August 26th is the official day we celebrate women's suffrage. It falls on the anniversary of the certification of the 19th Amendment, which granted women the right to vote. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but I do feel compelled to lay out a timeline that shows how we got here to today. I am a teacher by nature, so just think of it as a brief history lesson. Let's travel back in time. During my school days, I, along with my classmates, had to learn about the history of the United States of America. Two documents in particular were core to our studies the Declaration of Independence, and the United States Constitution, which represents the principles and laws of our country. We had to memorize portions of it, write it, and recite it. I'd get all excited when I made an A because I answered all the questions correctly. Here's the preamble to the Declaration of Independence, which was written in 1776. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm sure you probably remember this, right? Now, initially, I thought that the phrase, all men were created equal, meant all people and that the reference to men was used as a universal term. But as I matured, I quickly realized that all men are created equal didn't mean all all men, and it didn't mean all women. And the preamble to the Constitution written 11 years later in 1787 reads, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. Now, at the time this was written, we the people didn't mean women, and it didn't mean people of color either. No, that would come almost 133 years later for women and almost 180 years later for people of color just for the right to vote. It's easy to fast forward to 1920, 
from 1920 to where I sit today. But just imagine living during a time when you didn't have the right to vote. Women have been suffering for a long time. Finally, one day, some women got tired of not having a say. In steps the suffragettes. Now, by definition, a suffragette is a woman seeking the right to vote through organized protest. The women's suffrage movement was about having the right to vote in political elections because having a voice, a say, resulted in enfranchisement, not disenfranchisement or being at a disadvantage. In researching this topic, I landed on womenshistory.org and found this really neat image and quote, credit it to the Library of Congress. And it shows a woman talking to a man in overalls who is standing, looking quite amused and in some ways confused with both hands in his pocket. pockets. The title of the image says, Votes for Women. And do you want to know what the quote says? It says, for the work of a day, for the taxes we pay, for the laws we obey, we want something to say. As I mentioned earlier, according to womenshistory.org, Women's Equality Day has been celebrated annually on August 26th since 1971. This date was selected because it falls on the anniversary of the certification of the 19th Amendment, the amendment to the Constitution which granted women the right to vote, but not all women. Now, the Women's Suffrage Amendment was first introduced on January 10th of 1878. Now, just as an aside, the first vote in the Senate failed 34 to 16. But guess what? 25 of the senators were absent. I guess they stayed away to avoid having to vote no and take the heat, huh? But I digress. Now, it was resubmitted numerous times until it was finally approved by both the House and Senate in June of 1919. Now, it didn't stop there, though, because the bill needed to be approved by two-thirds of the states. So suffragettes spent the next year lobbying state legislatures to gain support for the bill. On August 24th of 1920, Tennessee, the state in which I currently reside, became the 36th and final state to ratify the amendment, which passed by only one vote. But you know what? That one vote belonged to Harry Byrne, who heeded the words of his mother when she urged him to vote for suffrage. Thank God for Harry Byrne's mother. Secretary of State Bainbridge Colby signed the amendment into law on August 26, 1920. It will take 50 years, 50 years, 50 years later on August 26, 1970, Betty Friedman and the National Organization for Women organized a nationwide women's strike for equality. Women across the political spectrum joined together to demand equal opportunities in employment and education, as well as 24-hour child care centers. This was the largest protest for gender equality in United States history. There were demonstrations and rallies in more than 90 major cities and small towns across the country, and over 100,000 women participated, including 50,000 who marched down Fifth Avenue in New York City. 
Now, the 19th Amendment that gave women, primarily white women, the right to vote was passed in 1920, but it would take another 45 years before men and women of color got the right to vote. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 is a landmark piece of federal legislation in the United States that prohibits racial discrimination in voting. And quite frankly, that right was not granted as a permanent right. The Voting Rights Act of 1965 was originally set to expire by 1970, but it has been reauthorized five times. The last time was in 2006, when President George W. Bush signed into law the Fannie Lou Hamer, Rosa Parks, and Coretta Scott King Voting Rights Act Reauthorization and Amendment Act of 2006. When he did this in honor to honor the three essential these three essential figures in history, and the act was reauthorized for another 25 years. But get this, its future remains uncertain. The next renewal, 2031. Now, eight years may seem like a long ways away, but it will go by in a flash. Now, remember the quote from the women's suffrage movement, for the work of a day, for the taxes we pay, for the laws we obey, we want something to say. Now, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news, we've made some gains. The bad news, the gains we've made, they're not guaranteed. I saw this quote on flashbacktop.com. Their tagline is, everything old is new again. And you may remember this one. You've come a long way, baby. Now, Virginia, that was a Virginia Slim's cigarette commercial that started in 1968 when Philip Morris launched the very first cigarette brand marketed specifically to women. It became the leading tobacco product for women claiming a very wide margin of the female market share. Now, speaking of women's suffrage and the fight for equality, we have come a long way, baby. But you know what? We still have a long ways to go. Now, in our next episode, I will reveal the top challenges that women face in the workplace. I will name the top three that I believe contributes to this gender pay gap that we are experiencing today. Don't forget, women, we work hard for our money. And you know what? We might as well take home all of it. It's the only way we will get to enjoy it. It is time. We have our say. Thank you so very much for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you next Wednesday here at noon Central Standard Time for the next episode of Zap the Gender Pay Gap. Until then, please be well. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Zap the Gender Pay Gap. Please rate, review, and subscribe to or follow me wherever you get your favorite podcast. I am your host, Gwendolyn Tucker. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.